All right, we are officially live. Excited to do something a little bit different, but I figured I, I had to, to, to do this because in having a great conversation with my guest, our good friend Lawrence over here, uh, just dropped a lot of truth bonds in a prior conversation. And so I'm excited to actually get you on here and get your thoughts. And because you, you mentioned a lot about hyperinflation. And so a lot of people don't really take that into consideration, the fact that we are entering into a new monetary paradigm. So I want to get your thoughts. So Lawrence Oparo, welcome to RTD Live Talk. Well, good to be here, Mike. Thanks for including me. My, my, it's my pleasure. And so I'm excited to get a chance to have you share some of your knowledge and expertise with the audience, as well as hopefully get a couple of thoughts or comments from those that uh, might be tuning in, even though it's early morning. But uh, as always, if you guys have any thoughts, questions, feel free to uh, just throw them in a the chat or the phone lines are open. So you can give us a call as well if you would like to do so. And so we got James, we got Nathaniel checking in with us. So I appreciate you guys for joining us this morning. And so, Lawrence, uh, let's dive right into it. I want to actually throw, throw out the first question. And the first question is, what is the new monetary toolkit? What is it? What is the new monetary toolkit you think uh, is, is underway? What's been hinted at? What, what do you see coming? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's what I focus on most because I run a gold and stock, uh, gold and silver stock fund and I own a lot of gold and silver. Um, so, you know, the repo thing was a big deal. It happened in September. And uh, what it indicated is that they can't ever really taper. Um, if they do, interest rates are going to go up. Uh, and uh, so they did a complete uh, 180, uh, probably the fastest Fed reversal in history. And then since then, they've given us a lot of clues. And although they've said it's not QE, of course it is, uh, as long as it, you know, they say it's not QE because it's temporary overnight. Of course, if they do it every night, then it's really not temporary. Um, and they've given us some clues, the most important one, the biggest one that some people probably haven't observed, but I, I think it's really important. In a speech recently, um, Chairman Powell said, you know, we're considering, and they, they do this, they, they float trial balloons. They said, we're considering the possibility of um, uh, fixing interest rates at a certain level and letting the size of the balance sheet fluctuate. Uh, it's a form of financial repression that was used after World War II, and we had a lot of debt from the war. And they literally just pegged, uh, you know, short rates, uh, 30, uh, 30 day rates, uh, one year rate, two year rate, 10 year rate at a certain level. And to the degree that people were selling those bonds um, and there were uh, rates were going to go up because people were selling the bonds, the Fed would buy them and increase their balance sheet. And Powell mentioned that this is something they might consider trying. Uh, it's in their toolkit. And I think that's a, a, a forewarning of that's where they're going to go. Uh, the uh, system as it's currently constructed cannot handle higher rates. Higher interest rates will croak the stock market, croak uh, the economy, um, and be very problematic um, for what they're trying to achieve. And so they know that they need to create inflation, and they do that by creating a negative real rate. And they create a negative real rate by preventing the bond market from selling off. And they prevent the bond market from selling off by being the ultimate bidder in the bond market. And so um, if they fix the rates at a certain level, that's fine. Uh, the minute that somebody sells a bond and the rate would go up naturally when you sell a bond, you know, rates go up, um, they, are, they step in to buy it. But they can only step in to buy it by creating a, a countervailing asset and liability on their balance sheet. So their balance sheet grows. And um, as I put in my most recent newsletter, which I'm going to keep attached, and we're going to show here in a minute, um, the balance sheet has already grown rapidly since the repo backup. And I think it's going to continue to grow. And uh, intelligent people that I follow and work with uh, believe it could be as big as in the four billion range or four trillion range right now. It could be as large as 10 trillion within a year or two. And I think what this tells you is that 
they're trapped and they've got no they've got no solution except to print money to keep rates low and that as that money printing continues and inflation becomes more obvious um you know there will be more sellers of bonds and then they'll have to buy more and you can see where i'm heading here it's it's uh it's kind of a doom loop you know the more the more they print the more there's inflation the more there's inflation the less people want to hold bonds the less people want to hold bonds the more they sell them and then as since they have to buy them in order to buy them then they have to print more and uh you know the kind of keep increasing the numbers and study history and look at what happened in germany from 21 to 23 that's exactly what happened they uh they were trying to hold rates down because they had too much debt they couldn't meet the debt and von havenstein had a choice of either social unrest or printing the money to buy the bonds to keep the rates down and i think we're faced with the same choice and i i think there's no doubt about what they'll do i mean the alternative would be to let the rates go up uh have the stock market crash have another depression and you know they want to avoid that at all costs even though what they're doing will end badly uh it'll take some time to end badly and so they're always playing for time uh not necessarily the, the best outcome yeah so so it sounds like a continuous loop of the same things reoccurring throughout history of debt reaches a point of it being unsustainable therefore right. the issuer or the creator of that debt which happens to be the whole concept of the central bank liabilities i remember watching jerome powell fmc minute meeting last two weeks or so and him talking about federal reserve liabilities and uh, he mentioned liabilities several times i'm assuming he's referring to those debt instruments that are given to the government in the form of uh you know the currency or whatnot so with this 20-year uh, bond being introduced or about to be rolled out so it looks like the federal reserve will be the 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 treasury will be the issuer and then the central bank will be the purchaser. At what point does the rest of the world realize that they're basically legally counterfeiting and propping up this gut, propping up this monetary system with these fictitious pieces of paper and digits to where they decide to say, hey, you know, enough's enough. I no longer want to be a part of this charade. Right. Well, that's the $64,000 question, right? How, how quickly does it unravel? And, uh, and what's the time scale under which it does unravel? But um, I think it's going to be um, uh, measured in years, uh, not months, but years, but not not decades, not five years. I think it's going to it's it's happening as we speak, in my opinion. And I think that actually the the clue, or one of the better clues to watch, is is the alternative form of sound money, which is gold. And so, you know, I think the gold price will take out seventeen hundred sometime soon, next few months. Uh, then I think the gold price will take out nineteen hundred, and that'll be a big deal because. The last time it was over 1900 or around 1900 was late 2011 or mid 2011. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, people will think, okay, it's 1900 is going to correct out of here. It's at the high end of the range and, and they'll be wrong. Uh, and it'll go to 2500 and then it'll go to 3000. And, and people will start to wake up and realize, and, and all, all the while, there'll be more sellers of bonds and then more uh, buyers, the, the Fed will be forced to buy more and their balance sheet will be forced to grow more. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I've described as a doom loop will become more and more apparent. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, as, as it becomes more and more apparent, people are going to run away from this. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's pretty obvious to me that that's where we're headed. Uh, but the timing is obviously, you know, impossible to predict with certainty. Uh, but, but I know which side of it I would rather be on. Yeah. Now you say gold has a chance of spiking. And so we've saw a lot of, you know, a lot of activity in the metals markets. And so, of course, I, I think is just this week, depending on what um, what charts you use and what sources you get your information for from the spot price. I saw a 
a, a sudden dip in, um, I think it was from Kitco, if I'm not mistaken. It dropped to 1601 for silver and then gold took a little dip. But then literally a couple minutes later, it went back up to the uh, price of what it, where, it, where it settled at. And so do you see there being some type of disconnect pretty soon of uh, the, 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 the mechanisms is used to give us the spot price fails? It's certainly possible. I mean, I, the, the, um, the people who run the system have a vested interest in not letting gold get away from them. And there's a lot of paper gold and they play a role in creating that paper gold and there's manipulation without a doubt. I mean, it's even been shown and, and proven recently that I think just yesterday Bloomberg had a headline about how JP Morgan was being uh, investigated criminally for manipulating the gold and silver market. So, so there's certainly that is going on and that will continue to go on. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's 6 billion people in the world and, um, you know, they know what gold is. They know what the value of gold is. And paper gold is one thing and having physical gold in your possession is another. And they're very different. Um, you know, the paper gold could settle force majeure one day and, you know, gold goes to 10,000. You think you own gold, but you really own paper. And the person who issued the paper says, sorry, I'm Lehman. I'm bankrupt. You don't get your gold. Yeah. So um, it's an important distinction that if you're going to hold gold or silver, you want to make sure you hold the real thing um, because, you know, that discontinuous price move could occur. I don't really expect it to occur. I think I think I think they're going to hold things together, but they're going to slowly but surely lose their grip on the price control. And th this happened before in 1968. They had a gold pool in London um, and gold was officially priced at thirty five dollars. And uh, uh, but it was trading higher than that in the London free market. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it began slipping and slipping and slipping. And ultimately, the London Gold Pool had to give up. They couldn't hold it at $35. And then Nixon broke the link in 71. So, you know, it, it's going to happen here, too. It just is, hasn't happened yet. Uh, but it's going that way. Yeah. Now, at this current moment, I, I like how you, you, you I, one thing you, I like that, that you use, you use, you use, you reference history a lot. And so, why my republic? You, you mentioned a lot. You see a lot of similarities there. And you mentioned the situation with inflation, the price of gold back in the 70s. And so clearly, since the window was closed, we've lost a, a standard for our currency or standard for money. So now it's more so a debt based standard. And we're witnessing that come to an end. Now, moving forward at this current moment, I just saw an article or a news little alert saying that Tesla dropped another 4%. So it looks like uh, the melt up might be coming to an end. And so I'm assuming that uh, you know the, the funds that's used to prop it up might be having a little bit of a falter. And so did, did you ever pay much attention to that missing 21 trillion? I did not. I'm, I'm familiar with uh, uh, the argument and I, I don't doubt that it occurred, but it's, it, it's not something I've dug into deeply. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, the Tesla thing is an interesting thing that you should mention. Um, you know, to me, Tesla went on a rocket ship ride, went parabolic really in the last week. And then it's now come back off. It, it's actually, as you mentioned here, it's doing a little bounce. It's green again today. But but in general, it's way off of where it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Tesla reminds me very much of all the dot-com companies in late 1999, early 2000, right before that bubble burst. A lot of companies then went parabolic. Uh, and, of course, it didn't end well. You know, Globe.com, Pets.com, um, Lucent, JDS Uniphase. There's a whole list of them. And so, you know, to me, it's just... It's an indicator that we are in the final innings of uh, this stock market bubble. Again, I just don't know how to gauge it to the day or the week, but but we're a lot closer to the end than we are to the beginning. And uh, uh, you know, it, it's free money is a hell of a drug, right? I mean, it'll it'll <laughs> it's fueled a lot of bubbly stocks, and Tesla's one of them. 
Yeah. So. Now I want to move into the next question, and it has a lot to do with the hyperinflationary event. So how can QE turn into a hyperinflationary event? Because at this current moment, if Lossy's money is relatively low, there's still confidence in the Federal Reserve note. Uh, the, the, this just seems to be that the rest of the world's melting down. So people are getting out of their currencies because of their issues, and they're running into dollars as a safety hedge. So right. I, I have friends outside the country, South America particularly, that see the dollar as the best way of hedging against their own currency. So if the world's running to the dollar because of issues and the Federal Reserve is printing dollars, you know, hyperinflationary event relatively soon. Can they can they hold this thing off or what? It's a great question. There's no doubt the dollar is the cleanest shirt. Um, but what I would submit to you is that that you know gold and Bitcoin are even cleaner. Mm. And so um, what needs to happen is more and more people need to become aware of the fact that um, you know the U.S. is is really bankrupt. I mean, and that's an important point. That's an important underlying point here. What's driving the Fed behavior and of course, they hide it because they buy from the primary dealers and um, or the primary dealers buy the debt. And then they you know, Fed ultimately buys from the primary dealers. But, you know, they're printing money to cover the deficit. Let's let's not kill ourselves. And so um, that occurs because the deficit's large and growing and because the other buyers have gone away. There was a time when other buyers bought and you could hedge away the dollar risk or whatever and, and have a positive return. And when negative interest rates are negative in Europe, positive return looks like a good thing. But the point I, I'm trying to make is that, you know, we've got 200 billion or trillion of unfunded liabilities that are going to run through the income statement as, as baby boomers claim retirement and, um, and Medicare. And so that deficits and we've got a, a political structure that, you know, both sides are talking about spending more money that we don't have. So the deficit's only going to get larger. It's already, you know, a trillion on a 3.6 trillion of tax income. So it's almost 30% of tax income. And history, history shows that when you when you have a deficit, it's more than 20% of tax income and you print the money to cover it, you're on your way to hyperinflation. So we're already over the, the limit. It's going to get worse. So, um, you know, I've, I've kind of forgotten your question. I mean, how does it become hyperinflation? I guess, yeah. I guess what happens is Gresham's law kicks in. So so as, as, as more and more people become aware that the, the Fed is trapped, the government has only one policy. That one policy is to print money to cover the deficit that they're running. And that, you know, obviously printing money dilutes the value of any individual unit, any individual dollar unit. Um, people will say to themselves, hey, uh, I don't want to hold my wealth in dollars or in bonds. I'm going to get crushed on a real basis. I mean, bonds may, you know, government bonds, they may give you your principal back. But if gas is $10 and steak is $100 a pound, you know, you're not going to be able to buy the same things. And so what, what they need to see is they need to see a better alternative. And, you know, people in South America, as an example, you know, I mean, Argentinians have always saved in dollars or pounds or something else because they know that Argentinian government's corrupt. They're going to spend too much money and they're going to have hyperinflation. They've had it over and over again. You know, the U.S. hasn't had hyperinflation. We've had some soft defaults like 71 and 33, but we haven't really had a hyperinflation since the Civil War or the Continental in 89. And so, um, you know, what needs to happen is you need to have a substitute that looks better. And gold is the natural substitute. Um, and, and silver. Yeah, gold and silver are the two natural substitutes. And so they need to look better and people need to be aware of what's going on. And and more and more people need to run in that direction. And mm -hmm. human beings will do, you know, we're, we're herd animals and, and we do what we think is in our own best self-interest. And, you know, when gold takes out 1900 and inflation is very clearly present, you know, I mean, we, we have inflation. They say we don't, but of course we do. Mm -hmm. Going to get worse, 
people will start saying, hey, you know what? I need to save and I need to save in something that's that's sound and gold is sound. Yeah. Now the powers that be will try and convince you it's not, and they're yeah. gonna throw us off the scent and they might threaten to tax gold. I mean, there's gonna be it's gonna be quite a battle here. Yeah. And of course, some people are gonna say, well, yeah, okay, fine, but it doesn't pay any interest, doesn't pay any dividends, doesn't do anything. And so they're gonna save in stocks. And and honestly, stocks will be a much better investment than bonds, uh, because at least they represent a claim on a productive, you know, enterprise, yeah. uh, which could reprice, you know, in in the new system. I mean, in Weimar Germany, people who owned Siemens shares or Mercedes-Benz shares, uh, while they lost money compared to the people who hold gold or dollars or pounds, they ultimately got back to where they were if they held on to those shares because post the hyperinflation. You know, they went back to a gold standard and these these shares gained value back because they were real enterprises. Mm -hmm. uh, people who held bonds um, or who held Reichsmarks or who held anything that was currency denominated were totally wiped out. You know, there were stories of how, you know, a, a lifetime's worth of savings could buy you, you know, a loaf of bread. No. Um, and and, and I've, I've heard, a, heard a lot of stories and talked to people like, especially in, in Zimbabwe, like there's a couple of people I connected with in Zimbabwe that gave that same testimony of how everything was everything was good until it wasn't. And so I want to ask you a question. One person just asked a question about, uh, you know, with the current situation, which, which equity would you consider um, being something worthy of looking into? What's what's well, you know, personal opinion, of course? What do you see doing well? Yeah. So. So if you look at equities in general, um, you know, we've had this incredible run in, in, in technology and, and um, um, you know, what I, what I would call kind of growth, you know, the NASDAQ 100 kind of names and, you know, FANG, um, Facebook, Apple, you know, Google, et cetera. And, and they're just, they're at record valuations compared to their earnings power and, and what the businesses look like. And then in turn, the area that's just record cheap is anything that has to do with the commodities area. You know, anyone who's a business that's tied to the commodities, because, you know, if you look at, if you Google, you know, commodities versus S&P 500 chart, what you'll see is that the S&P 500 is selling at record highs relative to commodities. So I think the cheapest equities right now are equities that deal in commodities or that are tied to commodities. Um, but, you know, all equities to some extent will be better than bonds because again, they represent a claim on a business. Um, and so, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I personally think within the equity sector, you know, the clear and obvious choice are, and this is obviously I'm, I'm self-interested and biased on this, but because I run a golden stock mining company fund, I think golden stock mining companies will outperform pretty much everything, uh, including gold and silver. I mean, they, they typically are, um, uh, you know, a multiplier of the underlying metal in terms of what they return between two and four times kind of depends on the cycle. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I would, I would basically, um, you know, just, you can, and you can do it pretty easily. You can just buy the GDX or the GDXJ and you'll participate in what I think is going to be a, a very large bull market for, for gold and gold and silver mining stocks. Yeah, interesting. Now, uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the, the the Fang stocks, Facebook, all the the entertainment stocks. And so, right. that, I heard Netflix just missed their subscriber base, didn't grow a little bit, and Snapchat and all those all those apps and all those internet companies that solely entertain people add no real value, in my personal opinion, to humanity other than just <laughs> dumbing us down and keeping us distracted. 
are you confident in those things moving forward? And what and and, and so those are the please yeah, see me to read entertainment. They do add some value. I mean, I've seen some good movies on Netflix, but uh, <laughs> but I you know again they they're not cheap, right? Yeah. That's, you know the I mean the fundamental rule of stock investing is you know um, price is what you pay and value is what you get and, and value is what determines your long term outcome and you know the value those areas have obviously done extremely well. Um, to the point where I think they're very extended re relative to the underlying value. And I think that extension will revert to some mean. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't, in general, history shows that in general, when you're paying between 30 and 100 times earnings, um, that's not going to end well for you as an investor. I mean, that's, you've paid for all the potential they have and then some. And with any kind of a hiccup or a problem, you know, you're going you're gonna to lose money or you're going to underperform. I mean, in turn, in the gold mining area, as an example, I have companies I've invested in that are selling at three times their cash flow. So that would imply that you know their cash flow is, is providing a 33% annual yield, um, you know, to an equity investor. And you know, in a zero interest rate environment, there's really nowhere that you can get a 33% annual yield. So um, you know, it's it's uh, to me those businesses are you know they'll be around. Um, I just don't know if they're good investments. I, I think at today's prices, they're probably not. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so uh, I got a thought here. It says uh, Zero Hedge, this is from Chris. It says Zero Hedge reported $35 trillion missing in Pentagon just last year. And so that, that's common. I think they're going back and forth with each other. And so the repo market is underway. Clearly, there's a crisis happening in the, behind the scenes. And someone mentioned that the New York was uh, oversubscribed today as well. So where's all those funds going to? You know, any chance of Deutsche Bank getting some of those funds to prop up their issues and 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 you know what are you, what are your thoughts on the repo market? Where is this is this uh, going to get worse? Yeah, it's it's going to get much worse. I mean, they're going to have to continue to plug all the holes, and we don't know where it's going because the Fed isn't transparent. Mm -hmm. the Thirty-five trillion missing from the pack wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I I don't think we really know uh, a lot of what's happening behind the scenes, but you know, we did see in 08 that they you know in order to stem that crisis, I think they had to send 16 trillion out into the economy on a, on a brief basis to plug all the holes and they did it to European institutions and US institutions. So, so nothing would surprise me in terms of how far these people will go to keep their fraudulent system running. Um, however, you know, all we have to do is, is take the other side of that, recognizing that, you know, when we get them, I mean, the best thing we can all do to make it happen faster and to bring their crooked system down is take delivery of silver and gold coins. Because there's a huge paper market in these two uh, in these two uh, uh, assets, and they've they've managed to suppress the price by issuing a lot of paper silver and a lot of paper gold, and it's not the real thing. And as more people desire gold and desire silver and want the real thing, they're going to have a problem because the paper's not going to suffice. And the price of the real thing is going to, you know, it's going to de-link from the paper gold and the price of the real thing is going to go higher and higher. And that's really all it takes. I mean, all it takes is for people to come to the conclusion that their government is fundamentally bankrupt, that debt cannot be serviced. And, um, you know, then it's going to become what I call a doom loop where, you know, they just, they have to, uh, they have to print money. Uh, the printing money leads to more inflation. More inflation leads to people selling bonds. They have to, spend, you know, they have to print more money to buy those bonds to keep interest rates low. And by the way, you know, Jerome Powell has, has signaled that he will do this if he needs to. And yeah. it gets worse and worse. And so 
anyone who's in bonds, you know, eventually they start to realize, holy shit, you know, yeah, I hold this bond that's worth a thousand dollars, but you know, a thousand dollars is going to buy me a pack of gum. And so I got to get the hell out of here. I'm going to sell this thing. Well, who's going to buy it? Nobody with nobody who's sane is going to buy it. So the government's going to buy it. How are they going to buy it? Well, they're going to issue a bond and, and you know, they're going to print new money to buy it with. Well, hang on a second. Doesn't printing the money make inflation go up? Yes, it does. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's how it ends. Yeah. You, you know, Google the, the Weimar Germany right mark compared to gold. I mean, it it, it kind of slopes up gradually, gradually. And the slope keeps increasing, increasing. And then eventually just goes vertical. November 23 was all over. I mean, nobody, you know, you could have a wheelbarrow full of money. It didn't matter. Nobody would take it. The, mm -hmm. the currency was completely worthless. And that that happened in Zimbabwe. That happened in Venezuela. What's, what's unimaginable about it, I think the reason it hasn't happened already is that we're the world's reserve currency and we have all the weapons and we've got 45 years of history of, of being well run. Yeah. But, you know, if you look at the political environment today, you look at the balance sheet today, you look at the income statement today, you know, I don't think there's anyone who could argue that the U.S. is well run right now on a fiscal or monetary basis. Yeah. And, and, and it's not only not well run, it's getting worse. And so, you know, the question really is just a matter of, you know, what, what rats jump off the ship earliest? And I'm, you know, I'm a rat. I'm, I've jumped off the ship. I mean, I, the ship is going down. There's, just, there's no doubt the ship is going down. I don't yeah. know. It's going down. And so, you know, more and more people are going to join me because they're going to, out of self, self-preservation. And that's, that's what Gresham's law is. Gresham's law says you buy the sound money and you spend the unsound money. Yeah. And All right. Now, as we draw towards the end of our discussion, uh, last thoughts is your prediction or not predictions, but just analysis on where what do you expect gold and silver prices to look like in 2020? Given the fact that pretty much is their all time gold is all time high for the most part in a lot of other currencies right. around the world, signaling yeah. issues in those in those economies there. What do you see it happening? What do you see it ending up here end of the year next year? Given all the QE yeah, and the high I, I, I don't have any crystal ball, and I can't say how quickly it'll happen. But my my gut tells me that we're going to take out seventeen hundred very soon, and we've got another leg up in what we're doing right now around fifteen, wherever we are, fifteen seventy. Um, maybe we correct a little off the seventeen hundred, you know, and then sometime in the spring, late spring, and then I think after that we're going to go make a run on nineteen hundred, and I don't know if we'll go there and stop or if we'll go there and blow right through it, but we're definitely going to. Uh, take out 1900 this year, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and then I think next year, you know, and people are going to say, okay, well, that's it. You know, we'll get it under control. It's coming down now. And, um, you know, I think that after that, it's going to, uh, it's going to go towards 2500. And at that point, more and more people are going to wake up and, you know, holy shit, there's something really going on here. Cause this, this is an asset that's not correcting. It should, you know, it, it ran up, it should correct. Mm -hmm. right? um, and so it, it won't. And, and it just it, watch as more and more people. I mean, it's like it's like being in a in a, um, a theater where there's a fire, and you know, a few people smell smoke and they quietly leave, and then a few people, more people, smell smoke and they leave, and a few more and they leave, and then eventually somebody just says, "Hang, you know, holy shit, there's smoke. There's a fire. We got to get the hell out of here." Mm -hmm. That's you know that then that's how you get to Weimar, and so I you know I don't know how it you know I don't know exactly the timing. I mean, there are smart guys, really smart guys. Alice Fair McLeod, who's uh, uh, an analyst out of London, who's done a lot of work on this. He actually thinks it's going to happen this year. He thinks that we will have hyperinflation by the end of 2020. Uh, that I don't believe that. I mean, I, it's possible, but I, I think that's unlikely. Um, but I do think it, you know, it'll happen within three or four years. I, I think there's no way five years from now this is all over. Um, mm -hmm. Five years. Yeah. It, it, 
almost. So yeah. So so that that plays into the whole concept of rethinking the dollar. And so I thought of, I mean, I, I came to that realization several years ago on my end of realizing that based upon what's happening outside, it's inevitable that it happens here. Just can't tell when that will be. But yet, I you know, it's it's I I believe this decade we will witness something in that magnitude of the Federal Reserve note being rejected and there being some type of digital currency issue to try to keep confidence or whatever's coming. I think it's already in their mind. They know what they want to roll out. Now it's a matter of can they do it in, in a timely manner or will things crumble in, uh, or the sink ship before they get a chance to issue something new? I see a comment here. Somebody says executive order will cap the price of gold. We'll have to celebrate. You gotta, and I saw another comment said they're going to uh, confiscate all the mines. What you have to remember is that um, anything they do along these lines only weakens the confidence in them and accelerates the problem. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, they yes, there are steps they can take to try and mess us up. I mean, I, I, I anticipate they might try and put a tax uh, on some of these things, whatever. Mm -hmm. you know. But, um, you know, again, they're, they're, they're desperate moves by desperate people. And, um, and you know, Americans are, are smart and crafty. And, yeah, they, you know, I mean, if they if they try and outlaw gold or they try and come and grab all the gold, I mean, half this con country is heavily armed. I mean, I, you know, I don't think I don't think I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, I think the I think the bottom line is they're screwed. Um, they they don't know it yet, or maybe they do know it, but um, they're screwed. And and the issue is just on what time scale. Um, but it's you know any way you look at it, they're screwed. Yeah. Um, so it, it it's going to happen. And, it's what you know. It's what's described as a fourth turning. Um, yeah. Very good book by uh, Howard Strauss, which I highly recommend people read because, I mean, the the, the system is very broken. We all know that, and what we're mm -hmm. seeing here is just the unwind of this existing system. Yeah, um, yeah. They can tax anything, but that doesn't mean I'm going to pay it. Um, you know, you're going to you're going to have a lot of civil disobedience. I mean, remember when, you know, all this stuff starts to come down. Um, you know, people are going to make up their own rules. Um, you know, they, uh, I mean, Hey, the other side's been doing it. I mean, they, you know, they banned short selling in September of 20, 2008. I mean, it cost me, you know, millions of dollars cause I was short all the financials. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, they, uh, uh, they'll try a lot of tough stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean we'll have to, we'll have to go along with it. Right. Uh, fourth turnings have always had a huge work. Yes. And no, some have, some haven't, but it, it's, um, uh, it's interesting. I, I think that I, I'm optimistic that we can have a financial collapse without a war, um, that the right people will be hurt by it because they won't be smart enough to buy gold. Unfortunately, a lot of innocents will be hurt by it too, but the system can reset and then, uh, then we'll have a, a much better, you know, rebirth for my kids and my grandkids. Yeah. So, Interesting. So with that being the case, we're about to dial back. It's been 30 minutes. As I mentioned, just didn't want to hold you up for the rest of the day. And then also I see a lot of glitches on my end. So it looks like computer getting hot. And so um, <laughs> I appreciate you, Lawrence, joining me on such short notice here on RTD. And so I appreciate everybody just taking time to watch us. If you've enjoyed this, don't be afraid to donate a thumbs up. Just click the button beneath this. Take this URL and share it on your social media with your family and friends so they can see that there's people out here that can lay a pretty good case as to what's going on and what's coming so that, you know, hopefully they're not caught by surprise and become victims of just uh, not uh, being tuned in to what's really going on behind the scenes. Because my philosophy is if you listen to people who are reading off teleprompters, then you're more than likely already late to the party. So, um, but I try to bring something fresh every day for you guys. So other than that, we're about to dial back, be blessed, be safe. And I'll see you guys later. Lawrence, once again, 
For those that may not know you, point them back to where they can find out more about you. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter as Lawrence Lepard, at Lawrence Lepard. And then I, I do an email uh, mailing list. Anyone who wants to subscribe, it's free. Uh, is uh, Lepard at EMA2, Edward Mark Alpha, the number two.com. So just send me an email, I'll put you on the list. I do a quarterly update, sometimes interim updates as well. So, uh, you know, and, and the best thing everybody can do is buy, buy gold and silver coins and take delivery. Um, I, I don't think you'll have any regret if you do that at this time. I think you'll be, and in fact, I think you're, you and your family will maybe perhaps enjoy multi-generational wealth if you um, are able to put away some serious money because the reset is going to be very hard uh, for people who have not purchased silver and gold. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, be blessed, be safe. And uh, other than that, I'll see you guys later. Thank up you. With the news update. All right, Lawrence, thanks, thanks for joining us. Take care. All right.